Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Two, Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio or Chat TV Libations Thursday edition. We're off tomorrow. Uh, the world is off. Well, I say the world. All of you are off on Monday. You should be anyhow, I would think. And uh, we will be too, but back with you on Tuesday. Good to be with you today, though. Thanks for listening on 93.3. Thanks for watching on Warchat TV. As always, like and subscribe. Yeah, the theme last hour was a lot of saying goodbye to June and celebrating July being here, not just because of this grand weekend, but because July welcomes football, man. July welcomes football. How great is that? How cool is it that we we know this month we're going to be watching football right here in July. It's going to happen. A lot on the line. A lot on the line. I know we were talking about the posture, perhaps, that Mike Norvell should take uh, at the ACC tournament. Tom says that he should assume a, a position of strength, of confidence. And I think that's true in general, even if you're not a, a team of consequence. I think you should. Uh, you can never present weakness. Um, you know, we might all know that you're going through a rebuild. We might not all know that it's a long-term rebuild at that. We might all know you're not poised to uh, win the conference and or a, a national championship, certainly. But no football coach should ever project Weakness has to be strength, has to be that of important business is getting done on a daily basis around here. Uh, and, and I am a representation of that important work that is being done as I am not only putting in that work, but I'm guiding it through the growing process, the growth process. The, and now, now it's time to produce. And I agree with that sentiment that it's time to produce. And I, I hope certainly uh, for our sake, our sanity uh, and his job 
that that happens. I mean, I'm not worried about whether or not he loses his job. It's not my place to worry about that. I just don't feel like starting over selfishly. I don't feel like having to do it. Also, the other part of this conversation is that who the hell is the guy you're bringing in to save the day if it doesn't work out? Who's the can't miss uh, coach that you're bringing in? He doesn't exist. Doesn't happen. I mean, he's not out there right now. There's no, there's no Nick Saban that's just waiting in the wings to come in here and save the day. Please, I don't even want to go there mentally yet. You know, it's it's kind of like the inverse of um, I was seeing a lot of things on Alex Atkins. I think we talked about this earlier in the week. You know, if Atkins continues to do this well in, in the recruiting world and Florida State wins eight or nine games, who are we going to get to replace him? It's like, man, just this is the year we've been waiting for where we have a, a fair fighting chance to win enough games to turn this program around. And we've been talking for five years on this show, maybe a little bit more because you hinted at it before Jimbo's time really came to a crashing halt. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not in a position where we can do much. We're just going to lose football games. I think this year we finally can win some football games. So before I, I go through the exercise of who the hell's going to replace Mike Norvell, let's just see if we can win some damn football games first. I, that is not a mental exercise I really want to go through. That's for Michael Alford to do. By the way, I think I'm proud of all of us. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of me. I'm proud of Matthew. I'm proud of anybody associated with the Jeff Cameron Show, Warchant.com, the Seminole fan base, because you just said something there that cracks me up. We're not in a position to do a whole lot. We're just going to lose football games. (laughs) Now, you think about going into season after season, not just one or two seasons. Now, like, well, we got to ride it out here. Let's pick a couple of things maybe to concentrate on to help us remain distracted from the the larger issue. We've had to do it for five years where we're just like, all right, we're not offering much to the football playing world around here. There's a good chance we're going to lose again on Saturday, but here I am. Here I am glutton for punishment. I'll be tuned in knowing damn well how this thing's going to turn out on Saturday. We had to do it time and again, like just go into games, godforsaken heat, 98 degrees and humid, walking into that stadium, arm in arm, like the Batan Death March. Here we go. We're just walking on in. You watch this ass kicking. This is going to be ridiculous. And yet we put one foot in front of the other, one foot in in front of the other. Look at at our fellow Knowles as we enter into the stadium. Like, "Mm, yep, yep, here it comes. This is, yep. I know, I know. And not only do I get the great pleasure of sitting here in this godforsaken heat and watching this loss that's about to take place, uh, I'm going to spend a lot of money at the concession stand to get myself through it. I'm going to go spend $25 on a barely edible uh, sandwich, and then I'm going to get these fake-ass chicken nuggets, and then I'm going to buy a big old soda, and and, and I'm going to leave $100 poorer just to watch this ass kicking. And then I'm going to deal with traffic. I'm going to go out and sit in my car where I'm already stewing with the decision to come to this game and to buy season tickets to watch this inferior product. uh, product. And then I got to sit here. And because this guy doesn't know how to back out of a space properly, I just got to sit here and look at the wonders of the world in this parking garage. That's what I got to do. Man, we deserve credit. That's a lot to have gone through. That's right. That is a shared sacrifice. And I'll bet, not because I've done it myself, usually I'm covering these things from the hizzy, or back in the day when I was uh, when we were just straight radio at the CP, yeah. <laughs> but um, what I wonder how many people, what percentage of fans, like you're describing, who they are tried and true, but they're tried, they're tired. Oh, 
think to themselves when there's a line, the concession stand that goes 20 or 30 minutes. Good. I'd rather be here than out there anyway. You know what? However long it takes is however long it takes. That's no big deal. I hate the guy that's sitting in front of me anyway. He thinks that we should be 12 and 0. The guy behind me thinks we should fire this coach. They're within one half of their first game ever as the head coach of Florida State. You know what? If I need to sit here in the sweltering non-sun heat of 95 degrees rather than the 110 heat index, and it takes an extra 30 minutes because the concession stand operation is incompetent, so be it. I'll I'll take this line. This is good. Is the game on TV anywhere? No? Great. I'm just going to assume that everything's going fine. I'll bet you there are a lot of people in the stands at Doe Campbell Stadium that thought like that. I think you're probably right. Um, I was going back through, and I was, I was, I wouldn't, I wanted to look something up, by the way. Um, it's Florida State Notre Dame in the history of the series. Uh, and we're, I think, six and four against them or something like that. I think that's correct. We have, we have a winning record against Notre Dame. I was thinking back to the Chris Ricks Notre Dame game where I was in the stands with my dad and we got beat and um, it was ridiculous. And he threw a pick right off the bat. And anyhow, um, so, yeah, no. but the reason I bring it up is I can remember we were about to enter into the lost decade. And you know that, and this isn't bragging, I was first guessing where we were heading. I was telling everybody, guys, uh, this isn't good. This is setting up to be a problematic situation for us because that roster is pretty good and they don't win games the way they should. And when they do, they don't look good doing it. I don't think they're terribly well coached anymore. I think we got some issues on our hands here. I think this thing's about to fall off a cliff. And I was sounding the alarm and doing all that and much to the chagrin of certain people. But I'll never forget my dad's dear friend, Blair. Um, He has been a season ticket holder with my father for, well, what is now over, uh, or at least it was back then for over 30 years. Now my dad's over 40 years. But yeah, the point would be Blair would come and we'd tailgate. This is long before I ever got into radio, before I ever started my career. Uh, Blair and I, I went to a game with Blair and my dad in 1982. I mean, that's how long, you know, you go back. So, yeah, that game, that particular game where it's 100 degrees and, and we just look like buffoons right out the gates and you're just like, oh, well, this is a lost cause. We gave up a huge, lengthy touchdown right off the bat on a trick play where the whole world knew they were going to run that play because they had run it the week before, and then they ran it, and it's a touchdown. You're like, really? Okay, this is what's happening? And I'll, I'll never forget it. But <laughs> Blair turned to me in the stands and goes, that's it. That's it. I'm not doing this anymore. And I go, what, what do you mean? He goes, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm not coming to any more games. He hasn't been back. <laughs> what year was that? Go back. It was 2002, three, whatever that was. Like, oh, my God. The first lost decade? Oh, yes. my God. He, yeah, he hasn't been back. He's like, screw it, I'm out. I can't do it. We hadn't even gone through real tough times yet. Like, this, this oh. guy's breaking point was oh. very thin. So that's not the guy that you're applauding in the open of this segment. No, 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 Blair, no, no. Blair's not among those who's really seen some hard times. No, he I'm is- just saying that some people aren't built for it. And the people who are are to be applauded. 
Yeah, the people who aren't are like Blair. They're like, oh, well, that's it. I'm out. I can't do this, man. I'll admit it. I'm a front runner. It's hot as hell out here. We don't know what we're doing. This is the beginning of the end, and I know it. I've got a man cave at my house. I don't have to drive up here every damn weekend just to watch us lose. The beers are cold in that fridge. I don't have to sit behind some fat-ass stranger with no shirt on screaming about the play calling. I'm going to do it in my house is what I'm – and I remember at the time I was like, well, that seems a bit extreme, Blair. That seems to be a bit much. It's a little early in the process here. I'll grant you, I think we're on a downward spiral, a downward path here, trajectory. But, uh, uh, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't just wash my hands of the program on a Saturday afternoon for good. He's like, that's it, I'm not doing it. And he, to his credit, man, it was word. <laughs> he said, screw it. Man, you know, that's that's the other thing about chairbacks. You just, you really encapsulated what's wrong with bleachers. And, and oh. you know, there's a reason the Romans had them and we don't, you know, because so can we advance a little bit as a people here? Because if somebody is shirtless or not in that heat at Doak, you've got their back sweat on your legs, on your knees. First of all, if you're Tom, we've advanced as a, as a culture to an extent. Now we've gone backwards in a lot of ways. We know that the internet has done us no services as a, as a society. But, uh, but I will tell you that I thought we had advanced to a place a long time ago, I might add, like not recently, but like 20 years ago, I thought we had advanced to a place where my fellow men understood, blessed with the greatest physique or not, it's really unbecoming. We don't need to go into the stands around strangers and just rip off our shirts. It's just not what you do. Like, I, like the thought of doing it seems crazy to me now. Like, like imagine if I like, Tom, we're going to go to the game, we're going to take off our shirts. That's just nuts. Like, why does that even happen? But I don't. I still don't know why that happens. That's like you calling me and asking to go swimming. I'm like, what the hell is? What are you talking about? We're gonna take off our shirts. This is dumb. But even if you do or you don't, you walk out of the stadium if you've got large proportional people around you with uh, back sweat on your legs uh. and then leg sweat on your back. Like, what the hell is that? That's ridiculous. Uh, since we're having fun. I will say, though, again, uh, <laughs> at least I got to see one of the greatest moments in fandom history. And by greatest, I mean appalling, awful, worst thing I've ever seen. But I could not stop laughing, and it infuriated the guy further. And I felt bad, but I couldn't stop laughing. I could not stop laughing. There was a kid, college kid at the end of the row, and I could tell he was blitzed. He didn't maintain, and he's kind of – weaving back and forth as the game goes on like he's having a hard time sustaining uh alertness awakeness if you will and i think he's just falling asleep turns out he's trying to fight from puking and then he just launches onto the woman this guy's wife right below him just right into her hair and i i couldn't believe it i mean just projectile into her hair and i remember i was like Holy blank. I couldn't believe what I just saw. It was violent. And the the husband is furious. He's like, first he looks at his poor wife, who's just almost in a fetal position. <laughs> and he's just so, he could tell he wants to protect her, but it's too late. There's nothing he can do. And he turns to the kid, and the kid's a mess. I mean, obviously, he's in the middle of puking. And here I am, like five seats over, going, ha, ha, ha. 
<laughs> I'm cracking up laughing and he's getting angrier and angrier at me for laughing. Well, he needs to attend to the situation. It was awesome. I mean, I, I, I couldn't stop laughing. I couldn't stop. I felt so bad for her. I did, but my actions didn't show that because I was just laughing hysterically. Well, that's what heat does to you. You do weird things. Um, <laughs> Well, that, that 27 that beers. Huh? No, no, no. Like you laughing instead of, you know, feeling empathy. That's the heat. You just, you all, all bets are off. I felt empathy. I just couldn't. Stop. <laughs> that wasn't you though. That wasn't you who did that. See, I cut this promo 13 years ago. No, no, you no. I never puked on anybody. One of the first promos I ever cut 13 years ago. No, no. I've never puked on anybody at a okay. game. No, never have. I never have done that. I've never even come close to doing that. Um, in fact, I've never had a, been at a game where, I partied so much that I could do that. That's never happened. Now I've now I have been intoxicated at football games many times, many times, but I have never been at a football game where I was so intoxicated that that could happen. No, uh, if that's the case, you just don't make it to the game. You just don't go. Yeah. You just don't go. Yeah. If you reach a place where you're like, Oh, we've crossed the line. We did not maintain <laughs> fellas. Enjoy the game. But take it to the house. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to, because when we lived by the stadium, you could just walk home and just be like that. I'm going to my apartment yeah. uh, off a, off a church app, church street. I'm going to, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. You know, it's a slightly revised goodwill hunting line. Fellas, I got to go see about a couch. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I've never done that. And it, you can't do that fellas out there. You can't do what that kid did. Now this is the nineties. So he, he'll live. But I mean, that, that this like uh, that I'm, I'm sure he tells that story. To everybody, when, when like that, he trusts in his inner circle. Like, well, one time, I got a little loose, and uh, it got away from me. And this poor woman had to bear the brunt of my poor decision making. And yeah, that's um, that's awful. The the smells of the student section. Every time you bring this back up, you know stories like this, the heat of Doke Campbell or whatever. Oh and yeah, make sure, make sure to get your season tickets, everybody. Make sure yeah. season tickets six four four Noel or whatever it is. What a joy! What a joy! Yeah, and I could not get out of the student section fast enough. Me neither. It was two noon kicks, and I was done. I didn't make it through my whole freshman year going to games in the student section. It's too much. The smells were disgusting, and the oh. takes were awful. Oh, oh you, it just smelled. You know, this is how I know that vodka has a scent. You know, you know how you know you go yeah. sit at Doke at a noon kick the next day after people are partying till three in the morning because they know we're going to get our head kicked in. All it is is just wafting of puke leftovers and vodka. That's all it is. Just oh. Oh. no, I know, I know. I remember I remember standing there, kind of taking it all in, looking around at my fellow man, just thinking like you can smell the beer on your own pores the <laughs> night before. Like you can remember it was probably a poor decision yeah. at, at Bullwinkles to order that extra pitcher, you know, and like we're all, you, you can smell that all around you. Yeah. It's 106 heat index and nobody's sweating because they're yeah. out of sweat. That yeah. that's where it is. I couldn't get those student season tickets fast enough. I think it was $215 and they think that they're terrible seats, but they're not. They put you on the sunny side. But oh, they, yeah. they were between the forties last row sitting up against the brick wall or standing against the brick wall. Those were excellent seats. Uh, the higher up you are, the better off you are, basically, because you can watch it like it's film. Yes, 100%. Yeah, yeah you can watch it like it's film. It's Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Let's solve for the future with our friends at ISF, working partners of the Jeff Cameron Show. ISF, I tell you about them all the time. They're always alerting you guys to things that you need to be doing. For example, it's, uh, you know, get, get yourself a bucket, hurricane preparedness, all that good stuff. Uh, but ISF uh, obviously has, has done amazing thing with their government clients all around the country. So they're a local business in town, but they have over 80 clients all over the country, and they're an IT, ISF is an IT strategy firm, been in business for 40 plus years, uh, and again, serving state government. If, you, if you're listening to this and you're in state government, they understand you want to do amazing things, you've got big visions, you've got big goals, you work hard, you want to move the agency forward, but there are unique challenges to doing that, of course, and that's true of any time, type of government operations, and, um, and so... They want to help you along. They want to get you to where you want to be. And they've done it. They've developed strategies. Uh, they've refined processes. They've implemented technology that allows you to get things done. Their expertise is in process and technology. Um, basically, listen, strategy, process, technology, those are the three keys to getting things done. Working in 18 different states and local agencies, serving millions of citizens, as I say, over 40 years. ISF solving for the future. Check them out to learn more. Go to ISF.com. We love that they're partnered with us on the Jeff Cameron show. And I would say today's ISF, Tom, in solving for the future is you and I may be identifying as we get set to go to the ACC kickoff in Charlotte and we get set to watch fall practice where there are going to be some battles, position battles, segment groups that we're going to be keeping a keen eye on. Who are some X factors? That's what I wanted to bring up. Some guys that maybe we're not talking about, but maybe in the back of your mind, in the back of my mind, and really as four state fans listen to this and think about it a little bit, who are some guys that you're kind of, you have a hunch, just a feeling. Maybe you saw a little bit of visual evidence on the football field a year ago. Maybe they gave an interview and said something that kind of struck a chord with you that made you believe that they are ready to take it to the next level. Perhaps it's a transfer. Perhaps it's a veteran player that's already on the roster. Uh, I think there are a lot of guys that fit that bill. You know, I told you, and this is not an X factor. I'll get to an X factor in a second. I told you this camp when we were in spring, that I thought Coop was poised to have a huge year. Robert Cooper doesn't get talked about enough. He is a disruptive force of nature when he wants to be. Now, you can't at that size be that every play, play in, play out, series in, series out. But when Robert Cooper decides he's full go in a given moment, there isn't an offensive lineman on this team that can block him. There aren't too many offensive linemen in the ACC 
unless you're talking about a Remington Award winner or somebody like that, that is going to block him consistently well. He's too big, too strong, and too quick for his size. Again, not an X-Factor, but a guy that I think makes a huge difference and we should be talking about. I would go with the X-Factor being the obvious one, and and I think that um, we, we've all probably nominated Johnny Wilson as that guy, right? Is, don't you think he's most likely to be the X-Factor? If he plays to that size, to that length, uh, to the physicality that he that he exudes when he blocks, he loves to block. That's something we can we can certainly count on him to do. I need him to catch the ball more consistently. I need him to be a red zone uh, difference maker. I need him to be a guy in the middle of the field uh, that creates issues for teams down the seam that we haven't had because we have not been able to utilize the tight end consistently well. Johnny Wilson would be the X factor because if in fact he does that, it changes the game, changes what you can call, and it certainly changes the way defenses have to prepare for Florida State's offense. Who's your X factor? Uh, well, first of all, I'd say that that's a good pick because that makes the offense more multi-dimensional than it would be without Johnny Wilson as a, a pass catching threat. If he's a pass catching threat, then I mean you have to almost put two sets of eyeballs on Johnny Wilson pre-snap. I mean, like he could be that much of a of a factor for defensive coordinators to scheme against him. And all he's got to do is prove it with some consistency. And then that's in the back of your mind when you call games and, and you call schemes defensively. You can't commit eight players to the box when you've got a huge player like Johnny Wilson on the perimeter that can win a one on one battle. And that's the thing I think that we'll, we'll try and establish early this season is throw the ball up. Let's see if he can win a few of those battles, because if they show you on film, Florida State's offense, that an island is not enough to handle Johnny Wilson with any consistency, then you've got real options to open up the playbook and, and create explosive plays elsewhere. On defense, it's somebody we saw a limited amount of this particular spring camp, but I've heard good things in terms of body shaping, and that's Dennis Briggs. Dennis Briggs is a huge X factor to me for multiple reasons, one of which is Obviously, he could start and be an edge-setting defensive end, rush end, whatever they want to call it in their own uh, terminology that can help set the tone for you. When you combine that skill set with Lovett and Cooper in the middle, you've got a stout front four, and you can allow somebody else on the edge like a Jared Verse to go freelance a little bit more. But the other thing where Dennis Briggs could be a real player for Florida State because he's got experience across all positions of the defensive line, at, at, from what I heard talking to Ira, He's got his weight down, again, to a, a defensive ends-type body this offseason. On third and obvious, third and passing, you can take a Robert Cooper off of the field and put Dennis Briggs in the middle, allow Jared Verse and McClendon to play on the edges and pin their ears back and go after the quarterback. You could be disruptive from multiple places on the defensive line with one player moving inside on third downs, and maybe, just maybe, that frees you up to be in a position where you don't have to commit extra rushers to blitz the passer. And if we can generate a rush with the front four this year, I think that uh, obviously the linebacking core is better. The secondary is better. You're talking about a defense that could be elevated to another level when it needs to get off the field. So Dennis Briggs to me is a player that I can't wait to watch because he's got to be a more consistent part of practices day in and day out. I'm going to give you two or three more. And there are so many candidates because there are so many good transfer portal pickups. You know, Winston Wright, is certainly a guy that could fit on this list. How healthy can he get to be before the start of the season? 
such that he plays by week two against LSU. I don't need him to play against Duquesne. If he's healthy enough too, that'd be great to get some reps in this offense um, before making your debut, uh, you know, at a game like LSU anyhow. Uh, but that Winston Wright could be one. Dimitri uh, Emmanuel, the offensive lineman from Charlotte, could be an X factor. Um, you know, we know, I don't think he's an X factor, but uh, Tatum Bethune is, is going to be a big factor coming over at linebacker. But uh, how about, um, you know, how about Caden Lyles? If Caden Lyles <clears throat> emerges as a starter on this offensive line, he's a bit of a road grader. He's a massive human being. It changes the run game. you got a lot of candidates for X factors here, a lot of them. Yes, uh, I think that's when you hit the transfer portal hard, it lends itself to that in the first place. I know I went with a holdover on the roster, but it's a sure. position change for Dennis Briggs, but I could see any scenario playing out with Caden Lyles where he is a guy that's on the bench that comes in as a rotational piece, or he is a starter and he is a beast up the middle. I, and anything in between, nothing would shock me because I don't, I don't have enough information. And an X factor is what, if you want to get mathematical on it, it's a variable. And Caden Lyles is, is a total variable. I, I have no idea what the hell he is other than when he's healthy enough, he can move dudes like Fabian Lovett off the ball. He can hold his own. He can hold his weight. It's not that he's going to do it every play, but he's he's strong enough, and certainly he's large enough to handle mass against mass. But I don't know what he's going to do. Another player I'd mention too, because this can help solidify the secondary. Renardo Green. Renardo Green has a huge camp ahead of him. If he locks down the outside corner role and allows Kevin Olds to play in the middle of this defense in terms of the corners and play closer to the line of scrimmage with Jamie Robinson, I think that's a better, it's a greater benefit to the defense as a whole. I don't know that Reynardo Green is going to be able to lock it down, but if he does, then you can get fancy, and you can play around with different downs, distances, different opponents, where you want some of your defensive backs to line up, and some of those hybrid type players. So Reynardo Green has a lot more positive momentum after spring than he did before, simply because we're mentioning his name now. Nobody mentioned his name as somebody who would get a starting corners role before spring practice. But if he locks that down, imagine what you can do on some third and obvious situations and get AZ Thomas on the field closer to the football. I mean, there's a lot of fun that you can have with the defense if Renardo Green shows out and, and takes that job. I have an interesting sidebar, and this doesn't solve for the future like our friends at ISF do. It's instead looking back. But we talk about guys that are going to contribute and help out that are kind of X factors coming into this season. If they do this, the team advances this much, or perhaps we could talk about win shares and what that would mean. Think about all the guys that are no longer here. And, and in many ways, this is also solving for the future. I guess I'm wrong about this because we had to get rid of so many guys that were dead weight. So many guys that were uh, not contributing in the way that we had hoped um, of all those guys. And I, I took care to make sure to grab and take a peek at the list of people that have gone elsewhere that have used the transfer portal uh, on their own or been asked to have a good day. I'm going to go through that list really quickly. Name the guy that you wished was still here, or do you already know it? You no, already have a guy? No, go ahead. All right. So again, try not to chuckle with some of these names, but it's a fun trip down memory lane for some of us as well. Josh Griffiths, Carlos Becker, Deontay Sheffield, Brian Robinson, Jalen Goss, Chubba Purdy, Ira Henry, Carter Boatwright, Jaleel McRae, True Thompson, Jordan Eubanks, Corey Wren, Hunter Washington, Parker Grothaus, Marcus Cushney, uh, Jaden McCluster, 
Uh, did I say Jalen? Brian Robinson. Uh, Dante Lucas. I'd start there with Dante Lucas. He's now at South Alabama. I think if South, if, if Dante Lucas could have matured to a place where he bothered to care to work at all, he could have had a huge impact for us at a position, obviously, of great need, but unfortunately not. I'm just kind of curious. I mean, it's, it's a nice reminder of how many kids – and, and how they've had to go through this roster. DJ Williams is now in Arizona. Quashawn Fuller, unfortunately, left and went to Maryland. Um, Jadarius Green McKnight, they told to have a good day. He's at Marshall. Uh, Jordan Young, who we waited on forever. Tom, your guy, he's at FAU. Uh, Jarvis Brownlee, who I didn't mention, is at Louisville, of course. I would have liked to have seen Brownlee come back, frankly. I just liked the toughness he played with. He wasn't great in coverage, but, boy, he'd come up and hit you, and he cared. Um, but – you know, there's a lot of names, a lot of names. Any one of those guys? Um, well, Dante, they gave every opportunity to. So it, to me, that's just. No, like, I just wish it had worked out. I, I agree with you. He had to go, but, you know. Um, I really liked the gadget play they'd run once a game for Corey Wren. That dude's speed was unbelievable. And I don't know if he could catch a kickoff or not. Maybe not because we didn't really trot him out there all that often. But I just felt like that was a level of speed that looked like the old days. And even though he's not as refined of a player, you give him one or two looks a game, that could score. He could have hit his head on the goalpost. Uh, but, I mean, there's not a whole lot there other than maybe Brownlee. If Brownlee could have slotted in the middle and Knowles had taken the job outside, I love Jarvis Brownlee around the line of scrimmage. I don't like him on an island against some of these ACC receivers. That no, no, you don't. But I love the idea of him getting downhill. And uh, if he was able, if Knowles was able to take the outside job and Brownlee could have slotted in the middle, at least on rundowns, that could have been fun. But in all honesty, you, you're looking at the import-export market here, the Art Vandalay. I like these imports more than I like the exports. I'm not lamenting too many guys that are gone right now. No, no, you're right. It would be, it would have been a bad exercise and not one I would have wanted to do on ISF's Solving the Future. Uh, it would have been a, a bad exercise had I gave, given those names and somewhere around five or six names in, you're going, damn, man, yeah. those guys were good. No, you didn't do that. When, when I gave the names, when I rattled them off and when Jordan Eubanks, Marcus Kushney, True Thompson, Jalen McCluster, Jaleel McCray, Carter Boatwright, Ira Henry, Jadarius Green McKnight, Kobe Gross. When I went through those names, you weren't like, oh, the sadness in my heart. Instead, you went, good. Thank God those guys aren't here anymore. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not even trying to be mean. That's just a fact. We needed to upgrade the floor, raise the floor around here. Yeah, yeah, I'd be less mean, and I'd say, thankfully, those scholarships are available. That That's what I'd say, yeah. Yeah, it's a good way of doing it. Yeah, it, it, it's a good way of doing it. And I do think, I, I one final thing on this, you know, they're going to continue to utilize that portal. I think this is now becoming more mainstream where all programs, I mean, obviously, if you recruit at the highest level like Georgia and Alabama do, then and Ohio State does, you don't really have to worry about it. But everybody else, if you're not one of those three or four teams that is winning recruiting battles, Texas A&M currently, uh, where you're number one in the country, um, where you can build that base, but you're building that base with excellence, a bunch of five stars on top of five stars. If you're not capable of that, the transfer portal is a great thing for us as college football fans because what do I always talk about what people need? Players, coaches, fans all need hope. They all need hope. Yeah. And if you're buried on a depth chart, transfer portal gives you hope. If your team isn't good enough, transfer portal gives you hope. If you miss on a recruit as a coach, transfer portal gives you hope. 
you know, th- this is that transfer portal thing is here with us to stay for good, and it is a positive thing for college football, even though there are negative aspects to it. Coaches have to learn to utilize it, be great at it. Recruiting is still recruiting. It's just another layer. Yeah, I'd say, you know, if the rule sticks, and I don't know that it will, that you got 25 that come in in a given year, that's the maximum number of new players you can add. I think it should be three to one, the ratio of high school to transfer portal players. Sure. But I've, I mean, my working theory on this, and I'm looking forward to seeing the new players that are of the transfer portal in fall camp. My working theory on this is it's more reliable, the player that you're getting, because yeah. the film has to be more reliable. The body type is they've already grown into their body a little bit more, especially if you have guys that are maybe 20 or 21 years old that might have a couple of years of eligibility left. If they played group of five or, or low level power five, wherever they did, that's got to be a lot easier to translate if you're a coaching staff, evaluate if you're a mm-hmm. coaching staff, sure. assessing what can this guy do for my scheme. Now, they hit it out of the park, I thought, in spring, whether it was high school players or transfer portal guys. Their evaluation was through the roof. But if you've got another year in which you see that transfer portal additions to this roster are big impact players, not just X factors, but impact players on this roster, then, I, yeah, I, I think at the very least you have to say in this case with this coaching staff, the way they see and take in the information and scout, you know, the chances are when they bring in a transfer portal player, it's going to hit. Yeah. It's going to hit. Like it's a yeah. high hit rate. Yeah. It's good. It's good to hear. Our thanks to our friends at ISF solving the future here on the Jeff Cameron show and for state governments all around the country. Jeff Cameron show 93.3 real talk radio and war chant TV. The Jeff Cameron show is a production of the Warchant.com multimedia network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Wrapping it up on what amounts to a libation Thursday. We get set for the long weekend. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy 4th of July to all of you in advance. Obviously, we're not on the air on Monday. Uh, you guys will have the holiday as well. And I hope everybody has a good time with their friends and their family and stays safe. And, uh, and, and Tom, that you have a, a fun time in New York, buddy. That's a, that's going to be cool. Hey, you know, I do love looking at, I, I love to people watch. I do this all the time. I, I like to people watch the, around town yesterday. And today is the time to go into big, like mall, like parking lots, because everybody's selling the uh, selling the fireworks, and you see these little makeshift tents and everything. And I like two things: a, the people that travel traverse the country can't wait to set up their tents to sell their fireworks. It's their big time of year. There's that, and then I like to see the people that are pulling up to get said fireworks. Always fun to to people watch this time of year. Good stuff. I got to imagine they're a lot more expensive this year the fireworks because uh, I know supply chain issues for fireworks are crazy. In fact, uh, I have a friend now who does pyrotechnics for Florida state and other stuff. He, he works the gig and uh, he'll be doing a, a July 4th show. I forget exactly which one in town, but for barges as, as ships set sail across the world and a lot of fireworks, as you might know, go, come from China. You have to have your fireworks on the top level because you can't have you know the whole yeah. boat go down because of a mishap. Well, now tech companies are spending so much money on having that particular level of the barge uh, taken into account that fireworks supply, like anything else, is just completely limited. So I imagine those folks have quite the surprise when they pull up to the 
Walmart parking lot or the abandoned parking lot near you. They walk under the tent and they expect to get the, you know, the big cats or whatever it is. And they're double or triple the price. The supply is down. So then also that means that firework shows near you might not be as extravagant as they were in years past. So savor it. There might be that time where you think, oh, that's only the second inning. Here comes the grand finale. The second inning might be the grand finale. So again, just enjoy your fireworks. There's a little PSA for you. Have you ever been, first of all, have you ever been to Savannah? No, and that's on my list. I, I We're so damn close. How could I have not have been? That's awesome. You need to go to Savannah. You'll like it. Secondly, uh, when you go, one of the things you have to do is go to the port of Savannah. Uh, it's a it's a global carrier. It's 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 a uh, unbelievable to uh, to the market, if you will, service that and that and they've gorged that uh, port. Uh, it's it's one of the um, the biggest in the country. It's you wouldn't have guessed it in in Savannah, but they they have. And by the way, when they gorge that to make it deeper, they drudged that right so that you can get even bigger uh, rigs in these ships that you're talking about. Uh, first of all, when to see one of those things up close is insane. That, how big they are, it is, they're massive. They're just like massive skyscrapers on water. It's crazy to look at these things, to watch how things come and go into this country on these massive, like, remember the wire season two? It's like all of those things just, it's unbelievable. But something cool as an aside, uh, when you, when you, if you go, they'll talk about how when they drudge that, when they gorge that, whatever they call it, to make it deeper, they found unbelievable stuff. I mean, obviously, never mind all the uh, arrowheads and, and all that stuff and pottery from ancient peoples that were, you know lived there on the river. Um, massive mastodon teeth, gigantic um, megalodon tooths. Like, I mean, just like this, it, it's unreal. It's just a cool little thing. And you got me thinking about shipping. Basically, I mean, what's coming and going and how tall those things are. Like you're talking about stacking those things. It is unreal. It, you'll just sit in awe. I could stand there by the river for two hours just doing nothing but watching these things come and go. It's unbelievable. Yeah, that that in and of itself, the delivery process would be a lot of fun. Like boats and water, not my thing. Not, I'm not really a huge boat guy. However, I'm in awe of them. And, and some, like sure. you're talking about shipping rigs or whatever. I've been on an aircraft carrier before. Of course, it was in port. I was not out at sea. But my God, the size of these things, the scope of what you're dealing with, it's like a mini city on the water. It's yes. just, you know, and I've never been on a cruise and I, I don't intend to go on one. I'm not a huge, again, you know, boat guy, but it's just amazing what we can construct as a people to bring crap to each other. That's basically all it's for. We just want to bring crap to each other, but we're very good at it. And hopefully at some point uh, we have that with uh, the, the big, uh, what do you call them? Uh, the drones, the big drones in the sky too. You'll have drones that, that help take things from one continent to another in the next decade or two. I will tell you, I'll tell you this though. It's crazy. I read a story one time about there are only so many, I don't remember how many, maybe 170, something like that. Captains of these, uh, tankers, these ships, these, these mass, massive, uh, things that we're talking about, like, it's hard to get that job. Um, and you're paid very handsomely. Uh, and if you think about why you would be, there's a lot of pressure and a lot of responsibility on you. Uh, but also you're out in the ocean for months at a time, months at a time, just going clear across the world. And you know, you're away from your family. Anything goes wrong. 
you're out of luck, baby. We're out on the open ocean. This is going to suck. So I was thinking about that. And also, they're only because there are only so many jobs, uh, very few, it's like getting a head coaching job in the NFL. Like the competition is fierce to get one of those jobs. But the trick is you have to be unbelievably talented to be able to maneuver the the takers that that are that big to where they're supposed to go properly. And when you get into these little shipping channels, in some cases, like we know about the one that got stuck, right? Like that can't happen. That can't happen. You can't get stuck because you screw up the works around the rest of the world. They just have to circle while your dumbass has screwed up everything for everybody else. Anyhow, so I I watching that. I was like, can you imagine how, just profusely sweating they are as they come in for that final stretch. We're like, man, we've been out at sea for three months. Don't screw this up, Johnny. Make sure you get this right. I got to get off this boat, David. <laughs> That's Captain Johnny to you, first of all. And, right, and, right. And secondly, it, it occurs to me that, you know, we speak with conviction on a lot of things on this show. For people who are enthusiasts of uh, transit, of goods and shipping, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boats, they're, They're like, these, these jerks, they, they, don't, they don't know a barge from a gorge. No, I don't. But it's not up to me to know that. I just know that there are very few jobs like that. And I like to stand in awe at those things. And frankly, you need to reassess some things if you are a uh, passionate fan of transit. Uh, you just, you know, listen, I, I get it. It's, it's something to admire. But if that's a passion of yours. Let's let's expand our horizons, everybody. That's all I'm saying. I take my son to the to the port, and we look and see if we can get four stacks of uh, parcels that are the same color. You know, that's what we do on Saturdays. If we got, oh, there we go, four red ones. There, good job, Johnny. There you go. Uh, cue up the probables music, shall we? Let's let's just get to that before oh. I offend and frustrate somebody. It's time for how you say with the pitching uh, probables. Twins, Guardians, Chris Archer, Shane Bieber. We got Braves and Phillies. Here we go. Let's get it on. Ian Anderson, Aaron Noah. Did you see Mark Appel pitch last night, Tom? Yeah, wasn't it for the Phillies? Yes, it was. Uh, he pitched one inning. And uh, how, about, how about my man getting drafted 2013 first overall and making his debut in 2022? Good for him, man. Good for him. Yankees, Astros, Luis Severino, Luis Garcia, Brewers, Pirates, Adrian Hauser, JT Brubaker. I mention it every time, and why should today be any different? JT Brubaker, who sucks. Uh, Rays, Blue Jays, TBD, and Music Reds, Cubs, Graham Ashcroft, and Kyle Hendricks. We've got the Padres and the Dodgers tonight. There we go. I think they're separated by a game. That'll be good. Joe Musgrove, who inexplicably became the best pitcher in baseball somewhere along the way. Uh, we'll take the hill for the Padres. The Dodgers will throw Mitch White. Mitch White, nice to meet you. A's, Mariners, Adrian Martinez, and Logan Gilbert. And that is a look at those that shall reside on the bump. Boom. Just like that. Mitch White. Yeah, well. Mitch, Mitch White. That sounds like an apt description of a man named Mitch. <laughs> well played. We should, we should end on that note. Hey, have you ever met a black Mitch? <laughs> I just thought about that. Have you? I don't think so. You my Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, somebody's going to be like, of course, Jeff, you forgot. A-. It's like the time on. Jerry. 
They yeah. couldn't remember Black Jerry's. They're like, Jerry Rice is the greatest receiver in the history of football, you dumbasses. Uh, and then immediately I was like, oh, yeah, and Jerry Judy. There are a lot of Black Jerry's. What is wrong with me? But none of us could remember. Black Mitches? I'm, mm. I'm looking up famous Mitch. Most famous people named Mitch. You should be, it's kind of fun to type into Google, Black Mitches. Like, <laughs> well, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. Hey, yeah, yeah, you see it? You see it? Any black bitches? Uh, not not so far. No. <laughs> uh, all my love to you guys out there. Safe travels, Tom Lang. Thank you, Director Matthew, as always, my brother. And uh, happy Fourth of July weekend. I hope you guys have a safe one and a great one. And we will be with you uh, Tuesday with Seminole Headlines. Jeff Cameron's show is in town next week, even if Tom is not. We will be back with you. Be well, everybody. Take care.